0: He speaks to me, he speaks truth to me, holds me accountable, Uh, he's an encourager, an inspiration. I can't wait for you to hear his story, but I I can talk about you all day brother, because this man drove from Community North where he works, and I'll let him tell you more about that, but I'm so thankful that you were able to get off work. You did it legally right? You got permission. (laughs) Good deal. So, let's pray. Father God, I just uh, praise You today. I give all the glory to You for what You've done in Woody's life. I look forward to these men hearing what You've done in his life and how You've brought him out of the ashes and brought him back to life and i uh, just excited for his talk today. So, I ask You just to bless the men, open their hearts and minds to hear the truth that You have for them through Woody. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. amen hey everybody how are we i also want to thank the ladies real quick they greeted me when i came in and fed me i was hungry so thank you thank you and the sponsors um wow it's awesome to be here so first and foremost thank you god um i would not be here today i would not be here today um it's nothing but blessing so um i just i want to tell you a little bit about me um but most importantly what i want to tell you i mean God has been there my whole life. You know, God has been there my whole life. He's provided. He's been there. Um, But something I really want to share with you is the first couple times I realized that. Okay, I'll get to that in just a minute um, and where my journey has taken me. Um, It started young for me. I did come from a broken family. There was a divorce when I was really young. My mom relocated us out to California um she did get remarried and things kind of got good for a while we had a good marriage Uh, i ended up calling the guy dad growing up um so i ended up having two dads you know the grace of god he was a good man to me treated me like i was his own Uh, so i did grow up calling him dad and things were good for a long time i was baptized at a young age Uh, my mother and grandmother were heavy in the church um and again i was baptized i loved church i was in bible school summer camps you know all that stuff. Several years later, though, getting into my pre-teens, um, I did not know this. Um, my, my stepfather was backsliding. He wasn't going to church. Things was going on. Him and my mother was having some trouble, and he was doing a lot of drugs behind her back. Uh, he had a great job, uh, but he just developed a cocaine habit, and I didn't know that. I didn't know what was going on, but my home started to fall apart real young. I mean really young, and... Um, You know, I talk about this guy because I love him. Like I said, he treated me like I was his own. Let me say this, if anybody's a step parent, please know I say that because it's so important. I'm still talking about him today. He treated me like I was his own. So if any of you do that, my hat's off to you. Um, Sad part is he did not survive his addiction. Uh, He passed away at the age of 44 years old. I was very young when that happened, and I'll never forget because he was my hero. He was my hero. When all that happened, um, me and my brother, I have an older brother, we're getting a little bit older, um we're starting to not want to go to church not want to do things with grandma mom um but also money changed when dad passed away was gone money changed we had to move uh to a different area and things changed big time in the family uh we got relocated to a different area which was closer to the airport in lax area and we had to relocate schools and it just was not a good thing um we ended up being in an environment that wasn't conducive to a walk with god my family anything i had grown up believing in and also, I was so angry that my family split up. I still didn't understand why. You know, I didn't understand why, so I was angry. Uh, my brother was a couple years ahead of me, and he was angry too and began to get in trouble, and I, I just followed. So my life, uh, unfortunately, straying away from God, started young. It started about 14, 15 years old. And I got to a point where I felt like no one's going to tell me what to do anymore. Dad's not here anyway. He left. My real dad wasn't in the picture at that time, um, and, and I was just really struggling inside. So I strayed away really young, and my mother just couldn't keep control of us. She did try. My mother tried. My grandmother tried. uh, Because, again, they're women of God, and this was brought to me young. uh, But I just took off into the world. And obviously I got lost. Drugs took over my life at a young age. Alcohol took over my life at a young age, and it dominated me. Um, Several trips to prison, many trips to jail. I spent a lot of time in, in what I call the system and not just jail. Get out of jail, be on probation, uh, have to go to drug classes, be in a hospital, go back to a detox. It's all part of a system, you know, it is. And um, I lived in that for for a long time. There was periods of time where I would hold it down. I did learn a trade, um, and I would, what I thought, hold it down and it worked, you know. um, And I had a little bit of stability, let me call it, just barely functioning. Um, But as life went on, I could never get away from a substance and everything inside me just got worse. Um, there was no prayer in my life anymore. I stepped totally away from church. There was nothing going on. I was running my own world. And that got me to a place where um, misery just kept coming and coming. So my, my addiction grew out of control. Um, I eventually did leave California. I had kids really young. When I was 16, I had a kid. When I was 18, I had a kid. And eventually, my real dad was always here. So eventually the plan was, hey, you're not getting your stuff together in California. You didn't graduate school. You, you, all these things are going on. Why don't you move to Indiana? Uh, and that is how I got back out here. So I was raised in California, went all through high school, you know, all that stuff. But then I ended up getting out here. And uh, by the grace of God, me and my dad got a good relationship. We still do today. That's another reason why I share that. I'm lucky to have the, the two fathers in my life. One's passed away now, but he still, still affects me. Um, but getting out here, guess what? Everywhere I go, there I am. I had some opportunities, um, but I did not want to take them. So I I never could get away from drugs and alcohol. It's always in the picture. And I never thought it was a problem. I thought it was my solution. And a lot of people share that with me. So, um, again, God not in my life. You know, me just being in control. And some more years go by, and things just started to happen. Uh, I started to lose other people in my life, close to me. Uh, I'd already lost my dad. Started to lose other people. Also, as we get down the road, my, my own children are struggling. They're getting older now. You know, I had them real young, but let's fast forward 10, 12, 13, 14 more years. My kids are in high school now, middle school, high school, and uh, by the grace of God, my son has never had any uh, drug and alcohol issues. He graduated Ball State in 2018 with a business degree and is doing well, but my daughter, that wasn't the case. Uh, I got the call one day from the school. She was struggling and got caught with, you know, marijuana at school, so she's struggling. Um, Things are getting out of control, and it just happened. uh, I feel like a lot happened fast in my life, but... um, more death happened in my family. Uh, I lost an uncle that I was very close to, to addiction. Um, I have a stepbrother. Uh, I lost him as well to addiction at a very young age. Um, actually, it wasn't the drug. It was the whole lifestyle, but he ended up getting shot and killed over a drug deal. So, mu- so much pain and trauma and losing people. Um, I just didn't know how to handle anything, and I had no God in my life again. I had turned on him. I do see now, looking back, how he always provided, you know, and he was always there for me, um, even when I wasn't looking for him. You know? But the pain came. A lot of things happened. Um, I started doing electrical work, that is the trade where I was kind of holding it down and doing good for a while. Uh, but again, I'm always using, I'm always using. Uh, so I went to work one day and, and was electrocuted. A lot of people think this was the, uh, where I got hit. This is actually the exit. So I got hit about 10,000 volts for, or 10,000 amps, 480 volts of electricity in the shoulder and it blew out my face. Um, big God shot, I didn't see it though. When I got to the hospital that night, they said I had a 2% chance of surviving. They called my family from California, called everybody and said, get here if you want to see him. Um, this was in 2008, so I was uh, in a coma for a couple months, uh, learned, had to learn how to walk, talk, breathe, swallow again. and um, It was so bad, they had to take my ribs out of my chest, rebuild my skull, muscles out of my back. Uh, and That led my addiction into more, because again, I couldn't see how lucky I was. I could not see it. All I could see was Poor me. Why did this happen to me? And all the anger and pain I had had, all the death, just everything that was piling up over my life. Um, So that's not the moment I I saw God. It's not. That actually, after two and a half years of um, 36 facial and cranial reconstructive surgeries, my addiction went farther. I kept on using and couldn't see the good in anything. I did eventually go back to work. I felt like I had to do that. you know. I felt like I had to, Um, but substance has got to be too much got to be too much for me and eventually i just didn't want to work i didn't want to be around people i began to isolate and i have learned the devil and addiction and alcoholism they love us alone because it wants to separate us isolate us from everything good and every solution out there to where there's no solution for me but to use or die uh or go to jail you know and that has been the history of me and a lot of people that i know so unfortunately the accident didn't do it uh some more time went by and my daughter was struggling and the day came when she came to me and she said dad i'm struggling i said i know you are even though i am too okay I said, I know you are, kid. And what she said next, I wasn't expecting. I knew she was struggling, doing some drugs and alcohol, but I wasn't expecting this. She said, Dad, is heroin. So I look at her arms. like, oh, my God, are you shooting up? You know, I had never done anything like that. She goes, no, it's, I'm snorting it, but I got a bad problem. Well, I don't know what to do. Right? I'm, I'm doing drugs myself. I can't get off of them. I'm a wreck. Um, so I did the only thing I knew to do. I took her to uh, a drug and alcohol treatment center and dropped her off. And I went home and used. And I got my daughter in a rehab. You know, I'm using um, and something happened it, I know it was God But that morning I got up And I wanted a drink and she was in the, It was the next morning She was in the rehab still And I wanted a drink and that was my plan I walked by her room And she had My first name is James My real middle name is Woody uh, But I walked in her bedroom And she had the book of James open in the Bible And it's only a couple pages That's a small chapter in the Bible um, and, and I might butcher this But where, where, what she had highlighted It said you know, get rid of the filth and evil In your life and take action Um, Again, I may have butchered that But I started thinking about the filth and evil in my life All my life I've been on drugs and alcohol Lying, cheating, stealing Just full of self, selfishness You know, in every way, shape and form And instead of picking up a drink that morning I took myself to a hospital And I had been before, let me tell you That wasn't my first attempt at a drug and alcohol treatment center I'm trying to uh, combine this Kind of all together for you But um, I found a place And um, I found a doctor And I went in there and I was begging for help This is another reason why, uh, again, this isn't the exact God moment, but I did see something here. I go in the hospital, and I'm begging for help. I want you to know I'm crying. I'm begging for help. I mean it. Um, They say, okay, we're going to admit you at Community North Hospital. I cry again. I'm going, thank you. You know, I want the help. Thank you. It takes them about an hour and a half to get me upstairs. Please remember the guy begging and crying because it was no joke. I was begging and crying, and I wanted help so bad. An hour and a half later, I'm sitting upstairs. They transfer me to a detox unit, and I do this. I look around. I want out of here. I don't want to be here. I'm not going to be here. I had done that every other drug and alcohol treatment center I'd been in. I walked out, and you can imagine what I did. I attempted to walk out of there that night, and this is where stuff got real for me. Um, I was at a, It's a psychiatric pavilion and a drug and alcohol detox. What I didn't know is you don't walk out of there. You don't. I I attempted. I made a scene. I mean, I'll spare you all the details, but I really made a big deal about this. I could not believe you're not letting me leave. I want out of here. I brought myself here. Let me go. It was a major deal. Um, I finally realized that I couldn't leave, and I went to the bedroom. And I'll never forget, something happened. I knew what I would have done. I knew what I would have done if they'd have let me out of there. I knew where my life was going. My daughter's down the street in a drug and alcohol rehab. You know, my son's doing well, but he needs us, he knows where we both are. You know, my family's going to ruins. Um, I've lost so many people. You know, all these things I've told you. And I knew in that room something happened. So the next morning, when I saw the doctor, I said, Hey, sir, I just want to tell you something. I will do anything you tell me to do. And I love this part because I have such a relationship with this man today, but he did this. So I tell him, I'll do whatever you say. He goes, Is that the guy that was trying to kick the door last night? It was screaming and yelling? Because he had heard about me. He had heard about me from the night before. And he goes, That's you. So uh, he said, Woody, I'll give, I'll give anybody a chance. Sad thing is, nobody does what I say. Most people don't want to. I said, well, you said you'd give me a chance. Do it. And something happened right then. Um, He connected me with with a man of God. He connected me with a man that had been involved in a 12-step program since 1985. Um, And most importantly, he was a man of God. And I left that hospital that day, and I went and met that man. And this was August of 2016. Um, I went to an AA meeting that night, and one of the first things he said is he said, son, do you believe in God? I said, I absolutely do. He goes, you don't know it yet. The fighting's over. You just don't know it yet. And I'll never forget when he said that to me, I felt better. Because I always had believed in God. Like I told you, I was baptized as a kid. I went to Bible school. I went to church, summer camps, you know, all that stuff. So really quick, I felt something in here, you know. And I knew God was touching me. I go back to that morning when Jasmine was in the detox and I didn't know what to do. And I seen that in the Bible. I knew God reached out to me at that point, you know. And I realized then he's been here all along. I've survived. All the people that have died before me... Um, The accident that I was in, 2% chance of survival, 37 surgeries, and there's a lot more I've left out here. I just don't want to give you too much trauma. Um, But he's always been there. He's always been there. So I got involved in this thing. Um, And one of the first things he says, you know, uh, after he told me the fight was over, um, he said, we need a new manager. We need a new manager. I didn't know what that meant. He goes, who's managing your life? I go, I always have. He goes, how's that going for you? And I knew it wasn't going well. Um, So I got back into church. I got back into this program or involved in this program for the first time. And the most important thing it did for me, I, I love the AA program because uh, it separates me from drugs and alcohol and it gives me a whole lot of other things. But the most important thing it did me, it was my, my pathway to, to getting connected to God again. I needed that. I needed to get back connected to a church. I needed to get into a small men's group. You know, I needed these things to happen. Now, i told you a little bit about me and my past. And that, like I said, I've left some of the trauma out. So now I get to a good point. You know, we're moving along in recovery, okay? I'm moving along. Now I'm starting to sponsor men. I'm catching this thing and my heart is on fire. Uh, My young daughter, remember, she went before me. She was across the street at the rehab. She goes to a sober living. In a six, uh, yeah, about a six month period, she got a new job, quit smoking cigarettes. She was 22, quit smoking cigarettes, got a new job, got involved in a program, was going to church. I mean, we're on fire, you know? I just didn't know what was ahead. And thank God he does. You know, the trials ahead. I I know today, staying spiritually fit, and you know this, a big reason is there will be more trials ahead. I don't know what they are, but there will be trials ahead. And what I I didn't see ahead was the biggest trial of my life. I thought I'd been through the biggest trials ever uh, with some of the stuff I just told you. Plenty of death, you know, jail, um, a lot of things. Um, My daughter was doing really well, but I did not know she was struggling still. She was struggling at a young age, the concept of staying sober forever. Um, And we don't do that, by the way, we do things one day at a time and we seek his will, not ours, you know I don't say nothing about forever. I say today and what do you got for me? She hadn't got there yet, unfortunately, and um, She was six months sober. I went and gave her a token. Um, She was seven months sober I went and picked her up for lunch and she even though she was glowing that day I didn't know she was struggling. She had not picked up a drink or a drug though, okay? So I, I tell her happy seven months. I'm talking to her and I'll never forget that day. I was sick And uh, she said, Dad, go home. I was supposed to volunteer at Fairbanks that night. She's like, Dad, go home. You're sick. I said, you know what? I'm going to listen to you, baby. I went home, and I was really sick. I was drinking some Theraflu that night at home. It was about 9 o'clock. I remember everything. About 9.30, I remember what I was watching. I remember everything. And I'm laying in bed, and my phone starts ringing. I look at it, and it's her boyfriend. She had met a guy in recovery. He was at Fairbanks, a great guy. I'm still very close to him today. Um, And my first thought was, Most girls don't call their girlfriend's dad at 9.30 at night. You know what I mean? So I thought, man, something might be going on. And when I answered that phone, I'll never forget, um, not only did I hear exactly what he said very clearly, I could feel the fear in his voice. He said, Woody, I just found Jasmine. She's overdosed and I can't get her to breathe. Um, I don't know what to do. I jump up. Um, I wasn't sick no more, though. I'll tell you that. I jumped up and ran straight to the hospital. And uh, I get to the hospital, and I knew something was wrong. I've been to many hospitals. I've walked into emergency rooms myself and with other people. Usually when you get there, they don't take you into a private room with nine doctors surrounding you. Um, she did not make it. She did not make it. I was um, seven months sober at the time. I was seven months sober at the time. This was February of 2017. My journey in recovery just began. I just found God again. I, I just I fell in love with this thing. You know, I'm in a small men's group. I mean, everything is going good. Um I'll tell you something I didn't realize until about a year later, but this is a big moment for me. Funeral happens. People are supporting me. Uh, thank God the church is there. Everybody's wrapping me up, okay, because I don't know what to do. And thank God I didn't have to know what to do because these people wrapped me up. But it wasn't taking away my pain, you know. So I'm in the shower one day about a week after it happened. And I'm telling myself, I I'm talking to God. I don't know what I'm doing, thinking. But I'm telling myself what I told you guys. She quit smoking she quit drinking. She did this. She got a license, a new car, a new job. Like, why? And I'm not one to say God speaks to me because it's, it's weird. Like, I have to seek his will, and uh, I don't have a conversation with him, okay? The big guy's a little different in how we communicate. But I'll never forget in the shower, I put my hand up against the wall, and I'm leaning there, and I'm just letting the water hit me, and I'm going, why, why, why? And something came over. He said, uh, you remember Jasmine's wish? I had that thought. My daughter always had a wish, and she always made it at 11-11. And her wish was, I want to find God. I want to find God. I'll never forget that. Jasmine did that since she was a little girl. And I was always like, yeah, you know. He goes, she got her wish. And what if I sent her down there to save you and her job's done? Man, something hit me. She did bring me to recovery. I've also learned this. I can't come to recovery and get sober for you. Even if I love you and I want to do it. I can't do it for someone else, okay? I do have to do this for me when I got out of that shower, I realized something. Man, I got work to do. You know, there's people out here hurting. I'm losing people. I've lost people. Everything's going on. Um, I need to get to doing this thing. And I was already pretty heavily involved. So the doctor that I'm involved with at the time, I'm still doing electrical work. I'm not working in the hospital. He calls me and says, Woody, I heard what happened. You know, he's crying with me. Oh, my God. And I'm doing a lot of volunteer work at the time. And he says, Woody, I'm going to do something. I want you to deal with this situation. I'm going to quit calling you. Don't worry about volunteering for a little bit. The minute, the second he got that word out of his mouth, I go, Doc, I don't know anything else, but don't stop calling. I have to help people. Please keep calling. And he did. And I started doing more volunteer work. And uh, I walked into to volunteer one day, and, and uh, they surrounded me and said, hey, we created you a job, created a, a position for you at this hospital. And I was like, what? I didn't know what a recovery coach was. I didn't know these things. Um, they created, I was the first ever coach in the inpatient unit for um, IR units at the Behavioral Health Pavilion at Community North. I did have to go get some credentials and go do some things, so it wasn't like I started next week. But he made me a promise, and he said, if you keep doing what you're doing, this will not happen in vain. And it did not, because uh, my whole life changed. My whole career changed. Um, I now do work at that same unit I tried to walk out of. Um, I am a part of the solution today. And one of the biggest things is um, I have God in my life. I don't have to understand everything. Yeah, amen. Amen. I have God in my life. Amen. Can I tell you something I'm okay with today, fellas, that I, ladies and gentlemen, that I was never okay with in my life. I don't have to know everything, be okay with it, understand it, and be in control of it. Because before, that's what I wanted. And if I didn't like it, if it wasn't my way, if I didn't understand, if you know all these things, the situation that I'm in um, with Jasmine, I realize I'm never going to like it. I'm not okay with it, and I didn't want it to happen, and I don't understand it. But I don't have to today, because I do have God. I believe in His will, and I know I'm going home one day, and I know we got work to do here. I also know what he's done in my heart. You know, when I'm one-on-one with another person, one of my favorite things to tell people, two things, number one, God loves you and you are worth it. Those two things, I love to tell people that because I know everything within me to my core. I know those things are true. I don't know a lot of things, but I know that's true. You are worth it and God loves you. Um, something I want to share with you. I could not talk about this when it first happened. I was still involved in the church and still going to meetings, okay, and still heavily involved in my own recovery and my walk with the Lord, but I could not talk about it. Something very powerful I want to share with you. About a year after it happened, uh, I was still heavily involved, and they asked me to speak to some kids at Fairbanks, uh, adolescent unit. So I went and spoke and shared my story, and that was the first time I shared about my baby girl. This is a powerful moment. Um, and I know this is how God works sometimes. It's another reason why I don't have to know everything. After I spoke, a kid come up to me and some of them shake my hand, shook my hand. One kid goes, Woody, I got a question for you. And I, I don't know if I'll ever see this kid again. But he goes, uh, "What do I got a question for you. I said, yeah, buddy. He goes, when that happened, that first week with your daughter, how hard was it not to drink and uh, do a drug again because you were only seven months sober? How hard was it? I go, man, that's a good question. And I didn't have to think long. And here's where the miracle happened. You know what I told this kid? It wasn't hard at all. I never thought about a drink or a drug. I never thought about sinning. I never thought about doing anything bad. How does that happen in my life? Something that tragic. And then a year later, I realized... It was That wasn't even the issue. My whole life, drugs and alcohol have been the struggle. The whole, my whole life, I've been the struggle. And the, my whole life, all these things. And when the worst thing in my life ever happened to me, that wasn't even a thought. I never even thought about it. No. That is the power of God That's in my <laughs> life. Amen. That is the power of God in my life today. And I don't think about it today either. You know, I, I, I am confident in this message. I believe in healing. I believe in God. I believe in redemption. I believe in the broken. And I will close with this. I believe God gave us a gift. He gave no one else. He didn't give. And I don't have a problem with a banker, a doctor, a lawyer. We need the people, okay? The professionals, the geniuses, the Harvard uh, professors, okay? Uh, the Wonderful people. We need them too. But I have a gift, and every one of you have a gift that no one else on this planet has. I have the gift to be able to touch another man and carry the message of God. Because what comes from the heart will reach the heart. I don't know how and when, but he does. You know what I mean? I don't know how and when it's going to reach your heart, but I do know if it comes from my heart, He will get it there. And I'm confident in that. Life isn't perfect today. I have some healing to do and some growing to do. But the main thing is, in my life and my recovery, um, it has given me God back in my life and the power to be able to look at anything head on and just walk right through it and also apply principles to this thing. of Not my way, not my will. What's your will? Because His will is a lot better than mine. Let me tell you all. Uh, that was one of the biggest moments of my life, and today, how does God keep working? He keeps me strong. I would not be here today. I wouldn't be able to do this work. Um, I also wouldn't be able to stay sober myself without God in my life. So this journey I've been on since 2016 uh, has been nothing but eye-opening. It continues to open my eyes, and um, yeah, I'm passionate, and energy, energized about it. Um, but so Chuck, so Sean, these guys are my uh, Kokomo connection. I mean, we send people to help for them all the time. And I actually look up to these guys. I wanted Sean to come work with us. It didn't work out, but that's okay. God's using him. But these guys energize me, and so do you. We're in a room full of wonderful people seeking God's will and just trying to be better and help another person. I don't know what's better than that. I want to thank God for every one of you being here, listening to me for a few minutes. I want to thank God for my life and my recovery. Um, and I just want to ask him to bless all of us and may God's will be done. And I am so glad to be here today. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. Thank you very much.